Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. How was your weekend, Maurice? It was good. So it was my boyfriend's birthday on Thursday. Oh, happy so. boy! The <laughs> happy birthday, boyfriend. Yeah. So he. Um, it was during the week. It was on Thursday, so we kind of postponed all the celebration until Saturday, right? And, like the rest of the weekend. So he um, had some friends come into town. So Saturday evening was like the big birthday dinner right yeah so we went to this restaurant on fairmount called amano uh, the italian place yeah the italian place love it yeah it was good did you oh i told you what to get but they i think the season changed they the gnocchi yeah they still have the gnocchi but they changed the recipe a little bit oh okay. yeah but it was good because when i, I got had that it, it was like lemony uh-huh and it was in summertime it was yeah like so fresh mm-hmm. so Ugh. this one it was um goat cheese Nice. Yeah, so it was good. Yummy. And like mushrooms and little gremolata on top. a little BYOB. It, yeah, it is. I'll get into a little bit more later. Oh, wow. What happened? <laughs> you'll see. Oh, gosh. Um, but other than that, we kind of just chilled. Um, like I said, his friends were in town. So like entertaining them and then just, um, you know, spend the weekend celebrating. Lovely. Yeah, it was good. How was yours? Good, good. Uh, this weekend, I decided to get back in touch with my physicality and my body. Oh, okay. So I joined a new gym. Okay. And I went with one of my girlfriends, Sadia. Uh-huh. And I went for first, like, you know how you join a new gym and they're trying to, like, sell you on the... The package. Right, like the this, full yeah. nutrition package mm-hmm. and the personal training. The meal prep and all that. Right. I'm like, oh, girl, God. I'm out of shape, but I ain't that <laughs> out of shape. So, you know, I went and did a little, phys- you know, physical fitness assessment. Mm-hmm. I'm physically fit. I mean, the body fat percentage is real, is lower than I thought, and <laughs> the weight is lower than I thought. So okay. I was doing really well. All right, good. Um, then I went to the gym later that day. Mm-hmm. I was doing two a day. Two a day. Well, the first workout was snatched. hardly a workout. Yeah, it was like all that. Just the, tour the facility, right? Like all that. So I went with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. We go over to the you know the freeway area to do squats and stuff on uh-huh. the racks, and child, I nearly lost it. <laughs> With the eye candy, oh my god, I had caught the vapors. Really? Yes. Now, I, you taught me what the vapors was. Uh-huh. Tell the people what the vapors are. Because I didn't know, but the vapors the are vapors real. The vapors are real. It's like when you just get caught up in the moment. You see something that you like, and you like faint and pass out. And they would bring like the smelling salts, these little, this little vial <laughs> of the vapors to like wake you up. Oh my God. Yeah. The, vapors. the vapors. Child, I saw this wide back, light skinned gray eye. Oh no. And I said to my girlfriend, I thought, I gotta sit down, catch my breath, started, oh. went to a cold sweat. Maybe she, you are out of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. No. But it was just nice to get back in the gym uh-huh. and like, you know. Get back into tune with your body mm-hmm. and also stick to eye candy. Well, it's too late to be a, a summer thought. Well, you know what? See, this is summer thought is over. I missed hot girl summer, mm-hmm. but I'm this is preemptive okay. for Pretty the winter. Right? Oh. So, you know, we coming at you strong for 2020. Okay. We starting now. Okay. We starting now. Well, summer bodies are made in the winter, right? That is right. There you go. Yes. And I want my sister to spinning this morning at okay. 530. My mm-hmm. legs feel like jello. Really? But I love spin class, though. Really? It gets you snatched. Because you know it's like cardio. But that bike was hurting my butt. I'm yeah. pretty sure I got a bruise. Probably do. It was so yeah. hard. All the up, down, up, down. But no, just not even that. Mm-hmm. I, kept, I was like, please, can we go up? Mm-hmm. Because the seat was so hard mm-hmm. on my butt. Mm-hmm. But that was that. And then on Sunday, my whole family went down to Baltimore oh, to see my... stay in Baltimore. <laughs> well, you know what? My aunt lives in Annapolis. Oh, okay. And her birthday was Sunday, so oh. she turned... I ain't don't put her uh-uh, age out uh-uh. like that. <laughs> but she looked good, though. Okay. She looked good. Yeah, so we went down there and had yeah. a lovely boozy brunch for her birthday. Okay. So, you know, it was a quick little ride down, a mm-hmm. little you know, boozy brunch and a ride back to relax the rest of the Sunday at home. So let's get into what we're drinking tonight. It's, yes. It's another one of our fall series. Autumnal. Our autumnal series is not going too well this year. Artisanal autumnal? Yeah. But. Alcoholic beverages. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a fig-infused vodka-based drink. So I got like these fresh figs because they, um, they're they ripe like in this time, like late August to right. October. If you check out our Instagram, you'll see the um, the post there of the drink. Yes. Um, at category is pot on Instagram. So I had to take these fresh figs because okay. they're in season. And then like I infused them with vodka. So, or I infused the vodka with, with the, the fig. fig flavor. Yeah. So I... 
cut up the figs like two weeks ago and then just cover them in vodka, let them soak, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to extract like the fig flavor. Right. So it turned the vodka like a pink color, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to let it sit like in the fridge for like two weeks. I'm like, okay. And then, so you take that mixture, and then you mix it with Earl Grey tea. Right. Which is a strong which, tea. Yeah. Because I taste the tea more so than anything. Than the, yeah, than the figs. And then you mix it with tangerine juice. Okay. And that's it. It's, <laughs> I like it. It's, it's, I mean, I like it better than our first drink. Yeah. I think that this drink is a little more complex. I personally like tea. If you're mm-hmm. not a tea drinker, I don't yeah, think you're going to like you. this cocktail. Yeah. To me, I love tea. Mm-hmm. I especially love Earl Grey because mm-hmm. it has like a bitterness a to it. Yeah. But um, the fig adds a sweetness. This would probably be really good in summertime with like hibiscus. Yeah. Instead with hibiscus of fig. would be really good. Right. Yeah. But I like it. Yeah. You know, fall and getting into the autumn- autumnal flavor palette is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not going to be basic and just serve y'all up pumpkins and cinnamon spice. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to get a little, uh, you know, deeper with it. Yeah. But we're going to just keep coming at you with the cocktails. Next week will probably be a wine. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. we're struggling. But, I mean, summer cocktails is easy. They're you, easy. You can't go wrong with some mango, pineapple. Some watermelon. Yeah. You know. And you're good to go. We'll get it together. Yeah, we promise. All right, let's hop into the categories for the week. Category is impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Now, my question is, what are we inquiring about? I guess it's like whether or not he can be impeached based upon... The facts or the that transcript? <sighs> the whistleblower complaint. That's what it's about. Child, this is a mess. So basically, my understanding of it, mm-hmm. and this is very limited, because okay. I choose not to watch cable news okay like i used to i don't watch the news at all what i gather is basically he was talking with ukraine their elections were coming up and he wanted them to get information on or just or just passed yeah and he wanted to get information on joe biden and joe biden's son and hunter yeah and um now question because mm-hmm. didn't he Joe Biden have a son named Bo that passed away yeah a brain cancer mm-hmm. i believe mm mm-hmm. Now, doesn't Hunter now date, like... No, they broke up. Okay, because that's so... messy boots. Because Hunter, I thought, because, like, basically, Bo's widow yes. was grieving uh-huh. the loss of her husband. Yes. Hunter was grieving the loss of, of his, his brother. brother. And they was grieving together. together. But they got I together mean, at one point, right? Yeah, they were together for a long time. Child, messy yeah. boots. That is messy. I mean, keep it in the family. That is messy. Because <laughs> I can't help but feel like... in the Bible. I don't know about that. The widow was just like, yeah. oh, well, you the next best thing you'll do, Might I guess. Might as well, yeah. My thing, was then, he lusting after her that's what I was the, whole say, time? the whole time? The brother was a lot. That's just mess. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's not the controversy. <laughs> Although, see, that's what I'm more interested that's in talking tea. about. That's the yeah, good tea. Yeah. That's the good Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. But, so I guess Trump was like trying to get information on Hunter and, Bi- and Joe. Mm-hmm. And was basically like, you know bribing Ukraine well or saying, it like, was more like fresher we've helped you out in the past and you know you're just getting elected in the Ukraine it would mm-hmm. be a shame if something happened uh, they said it was like threat? a mafia kind of like threat okay like a you know you got a pretty daughter there it would be a shame if you know she went missing or you know like something like that I see it was it was more like a implied threat gotcha that if you don't do this then I'm going to fuck your whole shit up. To be quite honest, mm. I'm sure, it's to me this sounds unconstitutional and it sounds impeachable, but I also don't have all the facts to really state one well, way or another. You didn't read the transcript. I did not read oh, the transcript. Okay. You might so, want to get on CNN and read that real quick. Okay, so I'm just late with this new cycle. After the phone call, then there were all these like steps and measures put in place to bury the, like, the transcript, to okay. move it to a private server, where they keep all the, okay. you know, like the top secret information right. and stuff like that. And that, and that shows and, bad faith. Yeah. And then it was, oh, well, let's delete it from here and put it over here. And they didn't want certain things released. And it was looking more and more like a cover up. And that's why the um, the whistleblower, like, filed the complaint. Okay. And now Trump is like, well, I want to know who this whistleblower is. and Allegedly, it's a woman. I do not. I don't, I don't know. know. Just in the news, they're uh-huh. using lots of, uh, you know, really? uh, woman pronouns. Oh, we should keep it gender neutral. I know. They're not learning. 
when you read the transcript and then when you like learn all the the things that went on afterwards like okay right i mean based upon what he's done thus far up to mm-hmm. this point i'm sure that it has amounted to something that is oh, an yeah. impeachable offense yeah that's why i don't feel, i've never really felt the need to like investigate the mm-hmm. matter seriously mm-hmm. i'm just taking it on you know face value yeah. based upon what's presented from the media okay. that it is mm-hmm. especially because the media has been so lenient on him wow. thus far in his presidency yeah. that if they're really coming at him like you know the doj mm-hmm. and fbi are like oh this is real serious yeah. if the people who have been caping for him all this time are mm-hmm. now saying it's serious it must really be that yeah. bad yeah. it's just a news story that quite frankly i'm i haven't been able to devote any time to because he exhausts me yeah the only peach I care about is the peaches on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, speaking of, and who? <laughs> my girl's coming back, Kenya oh, Moore. Uh, you know, I, that's my girl. Well, that's our girl together. That's our girl. <laughs> twirl, twirl. I hope she's some Todrick. Or she got some royalties from Todrick. Why? You know that song that he had, uh, nails, hair, hips, uh-huh. heels. Oh, he stole some of that. Well, he just put twirl in there. He said he was going with the wind fabulous. Oh, he did. He said yes. Ooh. I mean, that is so Kenya. That's her. Yeah, going with the wind fabulous. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty. That's her. That's her. That's her. Yeah. I hope that she got a little check. I hope so too, because she be getting a lot of views on YouTube. I know. Well, you know, she's even her husband, Kenya. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's part of what I hate about Andy Cohen like messing her up last season because we didn't get like. The wedding and the baby and like that whole journey, right? And then now she's back and is like, bam, getting divorced, right? So that's like her storyline. Well, do you think her husband's gay? Because her husband is fine. I mean, not that I... fine has anything to do with gay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I mean, I think it's just certain. I hate to be this person uh-huh. and be this judgmental or this base, mm-hmm. but I think there's just certain. Um, what do you say? Stereotypical, yeah, attributes about mm-hmm. him that what allow people to speculate as to his sexuality like the hair the nose the nose ring the thumb ring he has a thumb ring child you know my theory girl girl (laughs) who wears thumb rings girl if he got on a thumb ring good day is it 2002 again i don't know wow but you know just like certain things like Mm -hmm. he was on somebody's show because you know i'll be watching my little daytime shows Mm -hmm. and recapping like he don't put his arm around. He's not very affectionate with Kenya, and you know, and Kenya also has well, a history, yeah, of liking the gay men. But again, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, he never wanted to be on the camera. He never wanted to be on the camera. But the camera always messes up the relationship. I like, mean, look at Portia. Yeah. Look at Nini look twice. Look at Nini twice. Look at look Cynthia at, twice. Oh, and she just got engaged too. <clears throat> she about Child. to be done. Um. Candy. I mean, her man died the first one. That's yeah. sad. But I mean, she's doing good with Todd. They're having another baby too. Are they? Yeah. My surrogate. surrogate. Okay. Yeah. And so I just hate that, you know, we missed the full journey with Kenya because now it's like this is her going to be her story for the, the new season. I just remember when I was in Atlanta, we went by her house mm-hmm. and she had that cheap ass 75 cent no trespassing sign i was just so <laughs> mad i still haven't gotten over that i'm still gonna drag her for that for the Let rest of my life yeah but she um she'll be single i mean i think she'll be okay well she got she what she wanted the baby right yeah yeah so so i mean just they're separated so they're i mean maybe they could get back no, together she said she's filing for divorce oh well he wanted to stay off of it to Kind of, you know, preserve their privacy and, you know, let them live their lives, that part of their lives off camera. Because he would appear, like, in the background sometimes. Or remember that one time where he came yes. to that one event and it was like a huge deal because people were saying, oh, your marriage is fake and you're, this is that, you know. Because they always, like, came for Kenya mm-hmm. in regards to her relationships. And then she's like, you know, basically having to prove that I'm married and it's real and oh here let me present my husband to you and he was trying to avoid like all of that i mean what is he he's a restaurateur he's, yeah he owns um soko kitchen in brooklyn okay yeah i mean was that paying the bills apparently okay i mean restaurant I mean, the restaurant game can be good yeah. you're doing it right yeah he doing okay but i mean was it a bravo check no definitely okay. not right but. right may america and kenya get what they want two nations divided a mess. <laughs> 
<laughs> the civil war is coming up. The civil war. <laughs> Did oh. you see that? Oh, yeah. Trump talking about, oh, yeah. let there be a civil war. Just the fact that he's a president would incite a civil a war. Civil like, that's war. a very serious, yeah. serious thing. Child. I'm over. Just can we have 2022? Where is she? What's happening in 2022? Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Isn't it the next election? No. It's a long process. But see, we need to get we need to get together. No. Did you see SNL with Kamala? With Maya Rudolph? Yes. No, I didn't say it. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna watch um The Politician on Netflix. <laughs> but then I realized it was a Ryan Murphy oh, show. I started watching that. You did? It's like some gay guy behind yeah, the Yeah, so it's um Ben Platt. Okay. Who was in Dear Evan Hansen. He was in Pitch Perfect. That's what I know. Yeah. From. Yeah. Um so he's on that, and he's playing like a high school student. I don't like. Sis is old. Yeah, she's Gwaw. like twenties, late twenties. At the at the youngest. Right. Yeah. But then there's some like little child cancer patient named Infinity. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be like his running mate or something. Oh, right? that's when I turned it off. And then like Gwyneth Paltrow is in it. Jessica and... Lang. Yeah, Jessica Lang is in it because yeah. Ryan keeps her employed. Right, and I saw that uh, Janet Mock was directing an episode. Really? Yeah, and that's when I totally lost interest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just still upset. I am still upset Why? that she did my man Aaron like that. Well, you don't know and what went on. I don't know what went on, but that was a fine specimen, and she over here well, he's single, with you a little wanna, boy. You might want to holler. I might. <laughs> you know, maybe he's fluid. <laughs> Speaking of fluid, that takes us to our next category. <laughs> so Mattel, who is the maker of Barbie, they introduced gender-neutral, non-binary, like a line of, of dolls. So there's, what, like six of them. Okay. And they have a range of skin tones. They have a range of, like, hairstyles and hair textures. And they come with different sets of clothes, mm-hmm. clothing. They can be male. They can be female. Neither or both is what the press um, release says. Okay, so Mattel is dropping the binary for this line of dolls. Yeah, for the, it's like the creatable dolls or something like that's, that. They're that's called, the they're uh, called creatables. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can like create their identity or whatever. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, because I feel like I don't know. Maybe there are some people who create their identity day by day. Okay, like. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying not to sound insensitive, but I started watching that show that she suggested a couple weeks ago. Which one? Um, Are You the One? Um, it's totally over. <laughs> yeah. And there's this one character on there. His name's Basit. And he's like this, like, he looks like he's some kind of, you know, African. Just very, like, strong, masculine features. Okay. He has, like, his whole head, head to shape. He has, like, locks in the middle. Oh. You know, but then he wears makeup and really like glittery flubbing gowns and it's fabulous. Okay. But he looks like Viola Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because he's like this muscular man mm-hmm. and phenotypically like a black man. Mm-hmm. Is he tall? Very tall, okay. very muscular, mm-hmm. chiseled jawline. Okay. But then he has like purple eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and that's I mean, fine. Go, do you. And he was like, I'm they, I'm they. And like he's like pissed at people. And it's like, yo, like, and people are like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it intentionally. Yeah. I'm working. He's not like receptive to the fact that people are trying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, he's they, and that's fine. But then I also feel like there are some people who may be transgender or non binary or genderqueer. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one day they wake up and they're okay with he. And mm-hmm. the next day they wake up and they're and okay they're, with yeah. she. And the next day they wake up and they're okay with they. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for how they identify. But we also have to operate in this world where. Other people project mm-hmm. what the standard is onto you. Okay. And I believe if, you know, if someone calls you or misgenders you, mm-hmm. you know, the first time, you correct you them. You can correct them. And yeah. they should try to come again. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they mess up, like, just have some grace. Yeah. And some patience. Mm-hmm. Now, and we all know when we're being disrespected and when we're and not. And when we're not, yeah. You know. And there's a, there's a difference. Like, if someone is, like, clearly doing it intentionally and right. you know with the the intention to hurt you right or you know misgender you or make you feel lesser than or whatever then sure. okay that's a problem right. but when it's an accident are the, the dolls supposed to be replicating real life or real well, life non you know gender no i don't think so okay because one they're dolls well, like, true. Okay, but how many so, little girls played with their barbies and they can and made them naked and made them have sex and made them but have but they house? don't have genitals at all 
So but they're non-binary pro- by nature. Right, but children project that onto their dolls. I don't care what you say. I used to play Barbie with my sisters. You can ask her. I used to get in trouble for playing Barbies, but Barbies is fun. And we used to make the dolls have sex. Y'all nasty. <laughs> All kids do that. We you know we used to like they used to go shopping. They used to play house. house. And, you know, and, but we were basically mommies and daddies. Like, is this supposed to be teaching them something? What is the purpose of the doll? To make money, and non-binary, gender fluid, gender neutral is hot right now. Uh-huh. And Mattel is trying to get that coin, and they're like, okay, let's put out these dolls, right? And let's give them two different wigs and call it non-binary. Right, but that's not what non-binary is. But like, there's people that look just their, like you and I who are mm-hmm. non-binary. Yeah, right? but in Mattel's mind, they must not have the right people sitting around the table. Right, and that's, that leads and, to my next question. Uh-huh. Were there non-binary people in the Definitely room not. that were created inside? To me... Have well, you seen these dolls? I have seen them. They look hideous. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I think their intentions were good. Just the execution of it was pretty horrible. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard because I hate to be one of those over-critically critical millennials mm-hmm. mattel is a huge and iconic toy mm-hmm. brand yeah you know it has revolutionized the way people think about things with mm-hmm. regard to their dolls beauty barbie standards and beauty and, standards yeah. mm-hmm. i mean like barbie used to be it the thing mm-hmm. you know brats tried to come for their neck for a second <laughs> but it didn't happen <laughs> a quick minute but also at the same time when i look at the dolls and especially some of their marketing it's just like each doll has like a white line down, down the middle, middle yeah and the doll's like half boy half girl mm-hmm. traditionally as the public would yeah. perceive it and i think they're just missing the overall fact that non-binary people don't subscribe to any gender mm-hmm. there is no gender it's right. the deconstruction of, of gender. the whole concept yeah so i mean i'm not gonna harp on them too bad mm. i think they missed the mark yeah but we still applaud you it was a misstep. And speaking of companies and their missteps, Pepsi has announced that Super Bowl LIs, the next Super Bowl. 53? 50, is it 54? 54. Know. Okay, 54. Yeah. Is going to be. So it's L-I-X. I, no. Yeah. L-I-V. Yes, because that's <laughs> L-I-X, L-I-X is 59. L-I-V is 54. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. So. Headlining next year's Super Bowl halftime show will be Jenny from the Block and Shakira and the Princess de Barranquilla, Colombia. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, outside of waiting for tonight, like, what else is she gonna do? Thank you. Okay, can I just say they better That's bring the green lasers out, out with the water, with the water in the jungle. Yes. And it has to be waiting for tonight. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's oh. gonna be. The, I'm gonna and live that for that vocal part. is just as good as she's gonna get. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. You know she don't serve a vocal. No, she's gonna sound just like you. But do. she's gonna, she's gonna dance. She's gonna, <sighs> you know, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. People love that one. No, it's too slow. But it's like a, um, you know, it, it established. I'm Jenny from the block. Okay, you but know, she been off that block for a long you know, time. She's gonna sing. I'm real. Ja Rule's gonna make an appearance. Oh no, man. <laughs> is he in rehab or something? Like, where is he? I don't know. Prison? I think he's trying to make a new, like, fest- festival or something. Oh, the Fire Fest. <laughs> yeah. No, he's actually, no, he's really trying to do a new festival. No, man. <laughs> gonna end up in jail. <laughs> gonna stop while he's ahead. I mean, the American audience, Shakira is a global international yes, star. I think yes. she's actually bigger than J-Lo. If you look oh, at definitely. it from a global, from a global perspective. Pers- yes, definitely. J-Lo's big here, mm-hmm. but Shakira well, is it. Yeah. She's more than these hips don't lie, and whatever uh, you know, soccer song she did a couple <laughs> years back, you know, like La Loba, and even that's a later album. But yeah. La Loba is good, mm-hmm. you know. She wolf in the, the closet. Wolf. Yeah, there's a she wolf in the closet. No singing. Sorry, it's um, a good one though. That yeah, whole album the, rocks. Yeah, she was on Zootopia. Mm-hmm. Remember? What was that album where she was like Eve on the cover? I don't know. I'm taking it back. Yeah. But she got hits. She has hits. Yeah. Certified. Mm-hmm. Gold. Platinum, platinum. All that. All of that. And the Beyonce song, which one? Oh, Remember um, that one? When they were up Beautiful Liar. Wall. Yeah, 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 they yeah. look like twins. Uh-huh. Like their images yeah. were like, yeah. Yeah. So. She should bring Beyonce out. But I am not, I don't think it's going to be that good. Really? Yeah, because J-Lo's not going to bring it. I mean, I know she's having a moment right now. She's got this Oscar buzz, allegedly. And she's doing the halftime show, and she's getting married, allegedly, soon. I don't think she'll get married. Really? Yeah, they just had the engagement party recently. I saw. She should not get married. Like, girl, this is like your fourth, fifth. Right. Like, you're not having babies. The Mm -hmm. jig is up. Mm -hmm. Just be, like, companions. Yeah. 
like y'all both are wealthier than than you know mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. What? Why do why? y'all need a ring? Why do you need marriage? Why? For whom? Exactly. Just be boyfriends and girlfriends and fuck and yeah. have separate residences and yachts and do all that fun stuff. Or I just don't think marriage is a good look because it's not gonna last. Right. I just I would just say, be booed up, stay engaged forever, mm-hmm. and then when you break up in five years, it won't be a big thing. Right. You won't have to untangle too much. Well, I mean, even if she gets married, will it be a big thing? No. no. I just feel like there's gonna have to be someone else in this. Super Bowl halftime show because I don't think that Jennifer Lopez is enough of a draw, and I just don't think that the American audience is going to be as receptive to Shakira. Well, it's in, and they're trying to make it this whole Latin thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's in Miami. That's why, yeah, you know. And they missed the mark last time when it was in Atlanta, and they didn't really bring any Atlanta stars out. Who was they going to bring? Did they bring? They bring out um, Big Boy. Okay, they didn't have like anybody else. They going to bring Sierra. <laughs> Probably. Usher. She's available. <laughs> <laughs> she is available. Uh, who's going to bring out uh, Outcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, they got Big Boy. But... I'm saying, but like, again, this is a man. Who's going to appeal to Middle America? Well, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just not, it's not about the well, city that it's in. But the thing is, Miami is very black. It is. But who do you going to bring like out? Atlanta is very black. Who do you going to bring out? Trina? And Trick Daddy? <laughs> Trick Daddy on disability. <laughs> He, he can't come up for Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke gonna do what? <laughs> he, Uncle Luke has something to say. He was mad about yeah. them not bringing Miami artists. Yeah. Jackie O. Jackie, 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 Jackie. You remember that song? Yeah. Nookie. It's from like 12 years ago. Well, so are all the J-Lo hits. True. <laughs> <laughs> but she got a movie right now. I guess. I guess. But this is like the first time since um, Gloria Estefan uh-huh. did the halftime show in like 99. Okay. And then Enrique Iglesias was in like 2000 or something. But it was a whole bunch of other people then. So this is like the, la- the first Aguilera time. Christina Aguilera didn't do it. Uh, you know, she I mean, her, she's Latina Blanca. Ooh. But this is the first time, I guess, in like 19, 20 years that someone from the Latin community has done the... They have time show. So, okay. I mean, they're having a moment. Whatever. We'll see. All right. Well, that wraps up the categories for this week. Let's move on to our next segment, which is realness. So, our realness section is going to be a little bit different this week. We recently partnered with Einstein Healthcare Network here in Philadelphia to discuss some issues that affect the black community as well as the LGBT community in regards to their health, um, HIV and AIDS and pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is known commonly as PrEP. So the following discussion you'll hear is between Maurice and myself um, with two uh, employees from the Einstein Healthcare Network talking about, you know, our own personal experiences Mm -hmm. as black gay men, you know, uh, receiving healthcare in Philadelphia, uh, talking about sexual health, intimacy, and... um, you know, just some of the things we've experienced and why it's important and just to spread some information and awareness. So this is going to be a two-part special. So enjoy. We'll be right back. All right, we have two employees from Einstein here today that we're going to be having a conversation with, John and Darius. Uh, if you both could introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm John. I'm the community engagement navigator here at Einstein. I work in the HIV clinic. Hi, I'm Darius. I'm the program manager for the Pride program here at Einstein, and I work uh, throughout the Einstein Hospital Network, so with the five main facilities and all of our remote sites. So today we're going to talk about myths and stigmas in the LGBTQ communities centering around PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis, and HIV prevention. I can start by talking about how John and I decided to start working together between the PRIDE program and the PREP program. Uh, A lot of that work is navigated by social workers, and if you all are familiar, a lot of social workers in our community are white social workers, uh, and the two of us decided that if we are doing community outreach and grassroots outreach, that it should look like the folks that that are being affected the most, mm-hmm. and we're in the Alney area. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to combine our outreach efforts um, and to do workshops together, talking to community members and youth about uh, pretty much just it, it, prep and LGBTQ health are, are talked about 
it's the main thing, but our focus is an overall uh, holistic approach to health um, and meeting folks where they're at. Part of my role is to uh, engage the community around those stigmas and myths as mm -hmm. they pertain to um, HIV and prevention. Mm -hmm. um, in our community, there are a lot of myths about how you contract HIV right. and how you can pre prevent it. Um, and my role is to develop trust within the community um, on all levels mm -hmm. with uh, the community members so that they understand that we're being transparent, we're speaking to the social norms that exist in the communities and the beliefs. I mean, there is no doubt that uh, blacks have historically had a uh, uh, historical mistrust of the medical system, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. that, that fuels a lot of the stigma itself. Mm -hmm. okay. um, they're suspicious about PrEP. Um, they, they feel as though that what's, what's in it for, they know Big Pharma and they know how much this medication costs, although we always say that uh, the ability to pay should never be a barrier right, to right. Um, taking PrEP. Mm -hmm. But there's still this concern, this, this uh, suspicion, and part of my job is to, to alleviate, help share the information and uh, create an atmosphere where people can trust that mm -hmm. this, this, this intervention is worthwhile. So explain a little bit more about PrEP. Like what is it exactly for people who might not know what it is? In the same way you would think of birth control, uh -huh. PrEP uh, is designed to present, prevent something from happening in the first place while you consider yourself to be at risk. Mm -hmm. And it's a daily pill that if taken dramatically reduces your chances of getting HIV. The safety aspect is probably, you know, out of all the questions I get about PrEP, safety and uh, I get two questions more than any other question. Mm -hmm. It's if you have a pill to prevent it, why can't you cure it? Right. 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 And then I also hear, is it safe? And speaking to both of those questions independently, PrEP has been out for use for uh, as Truvada since 2012. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, and even now, it's used in the treatment of HIV, right? Uh, it's part of the combination of pills that people they refer to as cocktails. Mm -hmm. So indeed, yes, it's safe. Um, but I see the commercials, you know, we yeah. all see the commercials. Right. PrEP is uh, filtered through your kidneys, mm -hmm. and as a result of that, it puts burden on your kidneys. Right. Um, and in order for us to, if, if you go to your doctor, part of the protocol is that you have a test that examines your kidney function mm -hmm. prior to even taking the pill. Once it's determined that your kidneys are operating properly, then you're a candidate for PrEP and there's ongoing monitoring and support around whether or not your kidneys are being affected by it. But in clinical trials about safety, there has been no adverse, they're rare, you know, and no deaths reported to. Right, right, right. yeah. That was my experience. I know when PrEP first came out in 2012, I felt like people were rushing to go get this magic pill that would right. like prevent HIV. Um, at that time, I was still kind of skeptical. I wasn't an early adopter, just because I was like, look, there's this new medicine, I don't know what the government might be trying on people. I mean, even I had that skepticism mm -hmm. about, is this going to be like, you know, Tuskegee? Or they're going to be testing me. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, and messing with my body. So I kind of waited a while to see what would happen. And I think the ultimate choice for me choosing to go on prep was like, if there's something out there that I can take to prevent it, how would I have felt if I contracted it? I just felt like the, the benefit outweighed the, you know, the cost. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time where I was going to, um, well, this was years ago when I was going to just a physician that didn't specialize in LGBT care, and I just felt really like, um, you know, negative. I felt like they were judging me. I felt like I couldn't be honest with them because I felt judged. And then that's when I sought out care from the LGBT doctor, and it was just a totally different atmosphere. Um, but prep for me has just been, you know, it, it's you feel a little bit safer just with that security. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Was it something that was introduced to you by a provider, or did you? Well, yeah, my provider for a while, when it first came out, he was kind of like, you know, promoting it really hard. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't want that right now. I kind of just wanted to see what would happen. But then after a while, but every time I went into the doctor, he was like, you should really go on prep. And he kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And I'm, we kind of just had an honest conversation. I told him I'd think about it. And then I came back and I got it. We don't target populations. You know, part of our outreach efforts are not mm -hmm. targeted at a particular person. Right. You know, our posters actually say 
uh, have if you had condomless sex mm-hmm. because uh, sex is the number one way, way people get HIV. Right. And not using a condom is, is it increases your risk. So regardless of what you're doing or who you are, if you're not using condoms, you're at risk. And so you often hear them say it's indicated for people at high risk, mm-hmm. but not using a condom is high, is risk. high risk. Right. And um, we we do know though that young men. Who men who are having sex with other men are bear the most burden of the new infections yearly, mm-hmm. and so that is a group of individuals that we are uh, trying to find creative ways to engage, to reach, you know, yeah, and right. to reach. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's real what you just spoke about uh, about waiting. But the unfortunate part about waiting, and I see it a lot, is that the young men come to our emergency department. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they they already have AIDS. Right. Wow. It gets that far progressed. Mm-hmm. progressed. But if it's HIV, they're just really taken aback. And sometimes we have posters in the clinics, and they'll look up and they say, well, can I take this? And, you know, uh, PEP, mm-hmm. the, 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 the post-exposure, right, is mm-hmm. made for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you could take it after you think you've been exposed. Mm-hmm. But once you've been exposed, it's, it's really you know, uh, and you wait it that long, it's mm-hmm. too late. Right. And um, they're just really sad yeah. you can look in their face and they're like wow I wish I had known mm-hmm. um, so I think it's really irresponsible of providers especially in settings like where you are today to not be up on what prep is and being able to have those conversations you were lucky that your provider right. kept insisting right? right but we have guys that come and girls that come mm-hmm. through here and nobody's even talking to them about it mm-hmm. right so I used to work for a large LGBTQ healthcare agency at the front desk, mm-hmm. um, and often it, I was seeing folks come in, youth specifically, uh, black trans youth and uh, black gay uh, youth that were testing negative uh, one week and maybe two to three weeks later, and next time they're in for a visit, testing positive. And providers within LGBTQ healthcare uh, agencies mm-hmm. also weren't talking to certain types of people about PrEP. And it seemed to me that it was, if you were coming in and asking for it, those folks that I saw were older, wealthier white men right. um, mm-hmm. because we had access to that information. And But these kids weren't getting it, and there were resources for them to pay for it, right? right? But these other folks, again, like with any of our other systems, they're utilizing these same resources that are for, for all of us, mm-hmm. um, but some of us need it more than others, right? Where I decided like the the way that I became involved with prep and I don't know most of the cl- like a majority of the clinical things but to me I just saw it was this is common sense for me to be seeing this the, for me it was it doesn't make sense that these kids are coming in and they're testing negative and then now they're they're testing positive, positive. what is the what's not happening here and I talked to the uh, the assistant medical director at the time and he really encouraged me to do research and mm-hmm. he was just like it doesn't have to just be the job of the providers but we do need to do better as providers but you can talk to these youth as someone that looks like them and mm-hmm. when I was telling them I just put a bunch of prep cards at my desk and was like hey do you know about this and started having the conversations um, and started it that way um, and then I guess just within my own experiences uh, in trying to access prep a while ago as a trans masculine person mm-hmm. pretty much being dismissed mm-hmm. um, and then knowing black trans men that are being tested that are testing positive for HIV now and not being offered it mm-hmm. because our community they don't think that it's something that we need right. and again like John was saying anyone using condomless sex is mm-hmm. at risk that's mm-hmm. what's considered to be high risk um, but just again like I, I guess what I'm saying is that the bias and the stigma is still with it's within our own community as well and the providers that are providing care to our community and mm-hmm. that are familiar um, because they're thinking okay like we need to target maybe gay black men and trans women right not oh there's a whole nother group of there's like Trans masculine folks that ha- that are MSM identified. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you say what MSM identified means? Uh, MSM identified means uh, they identify someone that a male that sleeps with male, other male men who sleep with men, um, which 
also is like one of the issues because we're saying MSM identified folks are the ones that have are at highest risk right now. Um, and within that, anyone that contracts HIV anally, they identify as MSM. So if a trans woman contracts HIV through anal sex, they categorize her as MSM, oh, so wow. as male. Mm -hmm. So the the statistics are actually skewed right when you're thinking about how they're categorizing this and who's at risk so that means we're kind of missing a whole group of people in how we advertise prep services um, because I would assume that it's maybe affecting their community more in these ways because they're not being captured properly so when we do speak of these barriers to access or information um, I think it can be kind of twofold right because it could be the provider is not necessarily offering the information or it could be that the patient themselves, they don't feel they have the efficacy to even ask for it. Because sometimes it's, you know, like Justin said, oh, I know about, I, I've heard about it, I know about it, but I don't think my provider will look at me, you know, he'll look at me in a certain way if I ask for prep or if I need more information about something. Because, you know, sometimes when we go to the doctor, even if we're going, you know, for our annual checkup, we want to do an STI screen or we know we've, you know, had some kind of risky exposure, we won't necessarily ask for it because we don't want that judgment. Right. And I think that that is a big factor when people are asking for things that affect their, their sexual health because they don't want that, that judgment. And I, I was a public health major in college, and so, you know, just knowing the information, reading the studies, you know, we're kind of privileged in that, you know, we, we are exposed to that. We do have that level of knowledge and information out there, but I think the, the hard thing sometimes is that, you know, there's people out there who just, it's not on their radar. They don't know about it. They, they may see, you know, uh, an ad here or there, but they don't think they can even ask for what they need. So. It's not just our sexual health. Like I had to go to the dentist yesterday. Mm -hmm. I've been putting it off forever because I haven't been to the dentist and there's shame around going mm -hmm. to the dentist. If we are folks that maybe like to eat takeout or something <laughs> like that, who wants to go to endocrinologist or the primary care right. and be told you might be pre-diabetic. Mm -hmm. So we, we are facing these stigmas when we're accessing any type of healthcare, mm -hmm. and we, so then it gets layered, right? When we're LGBTQ, we're black, and now we want something that's gonna protect us, uh, our sexual health, which is, right. Right. you know, which again, it's, and that's why I think our approach is like a whole holistic, holistic health approach. Yeah. Going back to what you said uh -huh. is, if, if we could even show up in doctor's offices with uh, a checklist of things we want covered, right? And like you said, having a dialogue that we're comfortable saying mm -hmm. to a provider, listen, this is what I want. This is what I, I want. This I, is what I need. I need to have this. Yeah. But even saying that, at the end of the day, the onus is on the providers. Like you're in this environment. Mm -hmm. This this area that we're sitting in, the HIV prevalence rates are maybe two or three times higher than the national average oh, wow. in places around this hospital. Mm -hmm. um, blacks make up uh, two-thirds, in Philly, blacks make up almost two-thirds of all new infections. Mm -hmm. um, yet, 75% of the patients taking PrEP are white. Yeah. And so the providers have, you know, we all have a role to play, but at the end of the day, like, I'm coming for care, yeah. and, and we need competent care, we need care, and we need to be able to fill this though that the care is being offered to us, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's uh, you know, it's thoughtful. And so the, the program the, the program that Darius and I are part of and what we're trying to work on is to make sure that these interactions don't feel the way that you mentioned, like it could go either way. Right. Luckily, you ended up with a provider. Um, and part of the work that we do here at Einstein is all the providers um, in the various departments mm -hmm. are getting this information, how to have the conversation, the, te the labs to order. This is, uh, and not to just look at certain people and feel like I'm going to tell you about prep. Yeah. I want to tell everybody about prep. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the way to go. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, could you talk about um, some ways in which people could potentially pay for prep or access it? Because I know when I first got prep, I mean, I have a job, health insurance. <laughs> and when I still went to the uh, pharmacy, mm -hmm. um, the copay was higher <laughs> than what I could afford. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, crap. Like, I would like to take this, 
So I called my doctor's office. I'm like, I can't pay this exorbitant copay with mm -hmm. all my other bills, student loans. And he um, gave me a uh, Gilead card. Yep. Cards. Yeah. So then I got the Gilead card. I went on the website, typed in the code, and I went back, and it was free. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you guys should have told me this up front yeah. because I literally left the medication mm -hmm. at the pharmacy. Yeah. And, I, and that's, again, another a, a barrier. A lot yeah. of people just mm -hmm. won't go back. It just happened. We had a person that um, left and didn't even call back. And in just a conversation, a mm -hmm. side conversation I was having, I said, well, how did the prep go? And he said, well, I couldn't afford it. And then I was able to say, you're right, so PrEP is covered uh, with private. If you have insurance, like you work, mm -hmm. it's, it, most insurance is covered. Mm -hmm. uh, Medicare, Medicaid, it's full coverage. Um, if you're uninsured, um, the, the pharmaceuticals, there's assistance, drug assistance programs to pay for it. And again, the, the ability to pay should not be a barrier, but it, but it is, you know, yeah. because even, like you said, you, you had a job. But just some, somebody saying, pay this. And it's even the notion of now I have to go and seek out this card. So all of this, these are barriers to access, really, when you think Absolutely. about it. It's like so many little, and we really need to work on that so that if it's free, as we're saying, like come and take it, then there shouldn't be all of this aggravation, if you will, and, around yeah. how you're going to pay a copay. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is uh, paid by the insurances and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be, if you don't have a job, you don't have insurance, that shouldn't be a reason not to take prep. So Justin, that was a really good story that you shared about your journey to get on prep and taking, you know, these steps to to gain the efficacy and, and you know and, and really take control of your health. And I wish that, you know, it was easier and people could feel that sense of responsibility and ownership of their health. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, sounds good. Your health comes first and before anything. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into the next segment of the show. We're going to be a little less serious, a little more messy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Regular programming. <laughs> the next segment is I, I said, said what I said. So my I said what I said for this week, it relates to the birthday dinner that we went to on Saturday. Okay. Uh, like I said, it was my boyfriend's birthday and... Um, we went to that restaurant right down the street. Amano. Amano. It was really good. Um, and so I made the reservations well in advance because, you know, I'm a planner. And so we get there and, you know, I had already, like, requested a certain table and, like, you know, just wanted to have everything set up. And when we get there, um, it was a nice night. It was a nice evening. Okay. Like, the weather, it was cool. There was, like, a really nice breeze. And my boyfriend tells the hostess, can we sit outside? I looked at him. He's like, oh. He knows damn well you don't like it. Right. Them. Everybody knows that. Child. I do not sit outside. That's the one thing I can't stand about yeah. you. Yeah. Because I love it. Well, but it was his birthday, so not my night. That was nice of you. I, yeah, it was. And so I was like, okay, it's your birthday. You want to sit outside? It was, it was a cool night. Like, it wasn't, you know, the weather was nice nice breeze and so it just so happened that night that the ac had broken in amano oh. so it was ridiculously hot inside okay so luckily you know we were able to sit outside and it was fine for a minute <laughs> <laughs> because that's kind of like a busy corner it is and so we're sitting like right there. People are walking by the entire time. There's that gas station. There's a gas station <laughs> across the street. <laughs> and then like the buses turn down that street too. Right, right. And I was like, oh my god. There's that bike share thing right across. Right the across the, it's, um, it's the hot indigo corner. bike. Yeah, it's really hot. And it was enjoyable, but then I don't like people like walking up behind me and it was just like a constant flow of like sidewalk traffic. Especially when you're trying time. to eat your 17 dollar gnocchi. Yeah, there's more to that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a $29 meal. Uh -oh. I got the entree size. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't understand why that's an option. Like, why do people like that? I can see if you're sitting like on the Champs Elysees mm -hmm. and, you know, having a nice little. Parisian moment. Or like, you know, like in Santorini. Yeah. Water. Yeah. But we on 23rd and Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Um, no, ma'am. And then, you know, like, the penitentiary is, like, right there. And so they were starting, like, the Halloween oh, yes. tours. Yes. And so everybody's, like, rushing to get to that. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I think that I love dining al fresco, mm-hmm. but I must agree that it has to be the right, the right. Um, atmosphere mm-hmm. or, or uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that oftentimes in Philadelphia, on, like, busy corners, mm-hmm. Restaurants will utilize that as additional seating, seating yeah, because that's more tables, more yeah. income. I get it, yeah. And I will, you know, given the opportunity, I will always no. outside before inside. No thanks. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, it's just nice to sit outside and be in nature, especially as you know the seasons are changing, and but these was, are the last opportunities that you're going to have to eat outside. That's fine. I will eat inside. It's always you guys couldn't get a table time. by that window. Which window? There's like a window that faces onto Fairmont. On yeah. Um, so that was the table I requested, but they had like several large parties, and they had set them up for there. Oh. Because that's always a happy meeting. If you don't yeah. like dining outside, sit inside by like a big window that mm-hmm. opens up. But it was still hot in there because the AC broke. Oh, true. Yeah. 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 But he's lucky. Wow. It's his birthday. I said what I said. Oh. My I said what I said this week goes to there's something called ghosting in the professional sense. <laughs> Explain that. When one's looking for a new job or, you know, just trying to get out there and see, you know, what other opportunities there might be in the workforce mm-hmm. for their employment or to explore new career avenues, it can be really frustrating when you're applying mm-hmm. to, you know, positions. Yeah. And I kind of take it like this. You know what? You, pl- you apply, you send your resume out there. If you hear nothing back, you just take it on face value. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But when you hear something back, you're like, oh, hey, we love your resume. When are you available for an interview? Mm-hmm. And then you provide your times, and then it's crickets. Yeah. Or you follow up, like, hey, I provided you these times. Are they mm-hmm. okay? And then it's still yeah, crickets. Nothing. It's yeah. like, okay, well, what happened? Mm-hmm. Or better yet, when you go on an interview, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the interview, you know, you ask all your questions. When can you expect to hear back? I know you're interviewing other candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when are you trying to do this? All role yeah. When you hear nothing. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just like, because, you know, you always follow up with a thank, a thank you yeah. email. and Which is bullshit. But for me, it's just rather frustrating when, you know, you've um, found a position that you think you'd be great for. Mm-hmm. You research the company and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I really like what, you know, some of the programs or the opportunities for growth. And yeah. you kind of get a little invested. Mm-hmm. And then you go, you interview, you think it goes well. Or it doesn't go well. Because mm-hmm. even if it doesn't go well, let me know that. Yeah. But yeah. I think. What I'm talking about is more when it goes well. When it does go well. And, or you perceive that it Or you perceive well. that it went well. Yeah. They ghost. Yeah. You call. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing. And I feel like that. I just want to call that professional ghost. Yeah. That happened to me once um, <clears throat> at Comcast. I was applying oh, there. Oh, well, God, child. And they... First, their process is, like, way too long. It's so hard. You invest, like, so much time and energy and effort and everything. And it was, like, this whole, like... Almost the whole summer you're interviewing because oh, there's gosh. so many different rounds mm-hmm. of interviewing, and so get to like the very last round went well. You know the lady like, oh my god, love you. When would you be able to start? Like giving you like those kind of you know Com- indicators yeah. that you're like, oh, I got this, mm-hmm. and ghosted. Didn't hear anything back. I'm like calling, emailing, everything. Don't hear anything back. Finally, probably like a month later. The HR lady calls me. She's like, oh, well, you know, they really loved you. But at the last minute, they decided to hire somebody internal. And I'm like, okay, well, you could have told me that six weeks ago. That's fine. I get it. Like, yeah. I understand how things go. Mm-hmm. But just, like, communicate. Especially yeah. when you know you got my email. You know mm-hmm. I'm expecting. Especially and I called because, you. <laughs> right. You call or you email. You yeah. reached out. Just reach back. Say, you know. Hey, we're still deciding, mm-hmm. or we made this decision. Mm-hmm. But when people are applying, they're like applying to multiple places, not just you. Yeah, not just you. And it's mm-hmm. just like they kind of might want to like weigh their options. Yeah. But I mean, that's just a frustration mm-hmm. that I just want to express here on the podcast. Because sometimes I feel like you know, you and I are both prof- professional black gay men, mm-hmm. and I, I think we could talk a little bit about more, you know, the workplace and professional type things. But that's yeah, just something that. that is super dang frustrating. <laughs> don't ghost nobody in the workplace. Because you don't never know when you might see them again. And I see you on LinkedIn and stuff. It's just too much. You know, it's just <laughs> it like, it's a lie. Yeah. And I said what I said. Right. And now it's time for tens, tens, tens across the board. So my tens this week is going to Japan Airlines. They recently announced that they are going to implement a child seating icon when people are booking their flights. So passengers traveling with ki- with kids 
between the ages of eight days and two years old will they'll place a little icon of like a baby okay. to indicate that someone with a child might be sitting in that seat. Oh. So when you're booking, you're like, oh, I don't, that kid's going to be screaming this entire flight. Wow. I'm going to select another seat. Can't they make like a baby section? Like they have a smoking section? They well, should have. Well, not smoking. <laughs> but like, you know, back in the day at restaurants, yeah. they had a smoking section. Uh-huh. So they should have like a baby section. Yeah, and it should be noise proof. All the people with kids have to sit in the back of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, really, like have their own entrance. Like, Not engines, though. Yeah. Because if they're boarding with the regular people, they're going to be holding up the line. They're going to be right. all in the aisles. Them raggedy little kids going to be running up and down, getting Why in my way. Why kids got to be raggedy, though? Because they always are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll never see a well-behaved kid mm. running up and down the aisles. So they say that it's supposed to streamline like booking and... And it's going to make the passenger experience much more enjoyable because you know that to avoid certain seats, that there are going to be kids there. I am all in support of this. I'm in support of that, too. Yeah. I know I know. last season we talked about there being an all-family-friendly uh, or an all-adult airline. Mm-hmm. That's what it yes. was. All-adult airline. Yeah. No children can they need be on to the have airline. That. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. One time I was traveling to California, and this one woman, she had a newborn baby <sighs> on the flight. Oh, okay. And she made little like uh-huh. care packages for everybody. In little Ziploc bags, uh-huh. you're like candy and like peanut butter crackers and earplugs and little like airplane bottles of alcohol. Oh, and she wow. was like, was nice, she wrote a little note from the baby. Mm-hmm. She's like, hi, my name's whatever the baby's name was. Mm-hmm. This is my fr- I'm this many days old. It's my mm-hmm. first time flying. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I, I appreciated it. Because one, it, yeah. was, it was free liquor. Yeah. And the baby was actually well behaved. Okay. So it all worked out. Okay. Well, I was in, remember over the summer I went to Europe. Right. And so I had a flight and... I was seated like right beside this couple and they had a probably a few months old baby mm-hmm. and the the parents they popped something and they were knocked out the entire trip. The uh-huh. baby was screaming like they had attached it to that bassinet and we went through some turbulence Ooh. and the baby was like bouncing up and down and it was a mess. Wait, they didn't break the baby off now? Or no, whatever they popped. They should Because <laughs> that baby was screaming and hollering. With no the one attending attendant, to it. No, the flight attendant came trying to wake them up and they were like, mm-hmm, leave me alone. Wow. That, yeah. that is negligent. Um, yeah, pretty much. <sighs> a mess. Yeah. All right. Well, my tens this week uh, goes to one listener who wrote to us utilizing the website. Yes. Because they uh, emailed us from the website. Remember to check us out at categoryispod.com. But we got an email from them. And last week's episode, I was talking about that show, Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. It is on Netflix. You can view it. <laughs> and I was talking about this particular character, uh-huh. David. And I love every single article of clothing that he's ever worn on mm-hmm. every episode of this show. And one listener, I'd just like to thank you for writing in and informing me that <laughs> all of the character's clothing yeah. is going to be for sale on October 3rd online. His actual clothing or like... The actual clothing that, that he, he wore? wore on the show. Ooh, did they dry clean it first? That's what I thought it would be. But then it was also like, you know, pieces from like Alexander McQueen. Um, like these pieces are going to be very expensive. Okay. You know, and the bitch ain't got the coins to be out here <laughs> buying these. You know, they're going to yeah. be escalated. They're yeah. going to be more than what they were mm-hmm. retail. Marked up. But I just want to look. Window shop. Yeah. You might find a little something. On, online. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a, like a pair of socks or something. But I, I love all of his sweaters and his shirts and those pants. Oh, but mainly the, the sweaters are amazing. They have like the most snatched eyebrows. Oh, yeah. The eyebrows are yeah. done. That's like their thing, though. It is. Eugene Levy has those caterpillars and on it. And they're Jewish, right? I do not oh, know. Maybe. Let me stop assuming. <laughs> but happy Rosh Hashanah. You know, to all our Jewish mm-hmm. listeners. Well, it's Rosh Hashanah today when we're recording, not yes, by the time you yeah. <laughs> listen to this. But yeah. I just assume they wear a Levy. Probably. I'm and brows. Sure. But yeah. uh, he is so cute. Just sliding in the DMs, is like that, you said. <laughs> you should. Anyway, my tens this week, for real, for real, oh, okay. goes to a Memphis, Tennessee high school student by the name of Brandon Allen. He received the title of Homecoming Royalty this past Friday. And he accepted the title in a fabulous gold gown. Yes, he wore sequins on the football field at night. But it's homecoming weekend. Is, is Tennessee the South? I feel like it's the South. Technically, yeah. You know? And I think that there is, you know, he does go by 
male pronouns. Okay. And his name is Brandon. But I think that it's great going back to the whole Mattel thing that, mm-hmm. you know, high school student in Memphis, Tennessee, you know, first of all, the high school and the students were the ones that kind of drove the change from there being a homecoming king and queen, which, you know, assigned gender, to there just being a, a homecoming royalty. Oh, that's what they call it? Now it's called Homecoming Royalty. Mm, no thanks. So he won um, Homecoming Royalty, got a green sash, some flowers, it had a gown on and a crown. And I just think that's awesome. A crown or a tiara? A, a tiara. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, a tiara. A well, they can't give that because that's gendered. Well, I see, mean... They, mm, no, they got it messed up. See, but now you see, you're going too far. <laughs> let, let him live his fantasy. Okay. But I think that it's great that, you know, uh, a black young gay man can have his gender expression and feel this safe to do that in a high school space because high school is treacherous so congratulations to you uh brandon tense for you (laughs) well thanks so much for listening this week guys that wraps it up all right see you next week week. Bye. bye thank you for listening to category is be sure to like rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts Follow us on all things social media at Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at categoryispod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at categoryispod.com. <laughs>